I can remember some time ago, probably the one of the very first times that I ever preached, I decided I was going to preach on spiritual gifts, so I did what any reasonable person would do. I went online and took one of those tests, and it told me that I was in the 85th percentile of one of them, so I thought, well, I'll talk about that. So I get up before the congregation, and I tell them, you know what, guys? I've just found out this week that I have been blessed with the gift of extortion, and not only am I going to use that to the best of my ability, I intend to grow in it, and I intend to encourage all of you to use it as well. That was the last time I ever gave any sermon on that. But you think about that. What, what does it mean, exhortation? Exhortation is encouragement. We look in Romans chapter 12, that's one of the gifts and abilities that the Apostle Paul says that we grow in as our faith grows, as our faith increases. We grow in things. We grow in our giving, we grow in our teaching, and we also grow in our exhortation. We grow in our encouragement. The Bible shows that encouragement, when we do it the biblical way, we encourage people in truth and love. He told, the Apostle Paul told the church in Corinth to let all things be done for edification. Whatever you do as a congregation, make sure that it does these things. Make sure that it builds up the body of Christ in truth, the truth of the gospel. Make sure that it builds them up in love, the love of God. Make sure that those things are always done. Whatever you're doing, let all things be done for edification. You know, I could look through the Bible and at different people who may have had the gift of exhortation. The Bible talks about Barnabas as being the son of encouragement or the brother of encouragement. Probably the best case of a sermon that was ever given on exhortation was actually found, though, in the Old Testament. Joshua chapter 24, to be exact. In Joshua chapter 24, Joshua has come to the end of his time. He knows he's come to the end of his walk. He knows that he's come to the end of his life. And he has one final message to share with the people of Israel. So in Joshua chapter 24, he calls together all of the leaders and all of the elders of the tribes of Israel to one place. Now, when you think about the place that Joshua called them, he called them to a place called Shechem. And Shechem was not by accident that Joshua asked them all to meet him there. Shechem meant something to these people. When we look in the book of Genesis, in Genesis chapter 12 and verses 6 through 7, it says that Abram, who would later become Abraham, passed through the land to the place of Shechem, as far as the terebinth tree of Morah and the Canaanites were in the land. And the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your descendants I will give this land. And there he built an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. It's not by accident that Joshua called all of the leaders of the tribes of Israel to this place called Shechem. They knew what this place represented. They knew the stories. They knew that here God appeared to Abraham, that he gave the promise. We know that they knew that God had blessed Abraham. He had blessed Isaac. He had blessed Jacob. They knew that God had blessed Moses, that he had taken Moses and had him lead the people of Israel out of captivity in Egypt. He knew that they had led him through the Red Sea. The people that Joshua is talking to, they know of all the victories. They know of the fall of the 
the wall of Jericho. They know that God had fulfilled his promise to Abraham when he gave the land that they're standing on right then at that moment to them. Back in Genesis chapter 12, the promise was given. And here Joshua is standing at the same place, the same place of Shechem, calling all the people of Israel, all the leaders, all the elders of the tribe of Israel, saying, come here and see this place. And Joshua has something to tell them. In that farewell address, as the Bible calls it, I could call it a farewell address, but I really call it a challenge more than anything. Joshua goes on and he recounts all the history of Israel from Abraham to that point. And the elders and the leaders of the people are shaking their heads, yes, they know what God has done. They know that they have been blessed. But then Joshua tells them something. He says, you know what? If it seems evil in your sight, if it seems evil in your sight to serve the living God, then turn around and go back towards the false gods of the other lands. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Therefore, choose you this day whom you will serve. It's interesting, he said, choose you this day. He didn't say, wait till next week or wait till you come back and talk with each other again or wait till next year or the next year's New Year's resolution. He said, choose you this day. In other words, not tomorrow, but now. The moment of reckoning has come. You must choose now. I'm about to leave you, and I am telling you that you must choose now whom you will serve. Will you serve the living God or will you serve the gods of the other idols, the gods of self, the gods of the world? Which are you going to serve? But the point is, you have to make a choice and you have to make it now. Because Joshua is not talking to people who don't know. He's not talking to people who don't know the blessings of God. He's not talking to people who haven't known what God has done. When we're here today in the church and we're talking with the body of believers, the body of Christians, his body, Christ's body, we know what God has done. We know what Christ did on the cross. We know that he defeated sin and death and hell. We know those things. But we have to challenge ourselves even today. Choose you this day whom you will serve. You know, the elders and the the leaders of the tribes of Israel responded to Joshua And they said, you know what, Joshua, we are going to serve the Lord also. We're going to do that. And Joshua, it's interesting, he doesn't pat them on the back and say, well, that's a good choice. I'm glad you chose to do that. He goes further. He says, if you then leave the Lord, if you then leave the Lord and again turn after these other gods, don't you think that he will revoke his blessing from you? But the elders and leaders of the people went even further and they said, far be it from us. Far be it from us that we should ever turn towards any other God except the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the only true living God that showed up to Moses in the burning bush. Only the great I am will we ever worship. And Joshua took a stone, and the same place that Abraham had built the altar to the Lord many years before, and Joshua placed a stone there on that altar and said, You remember this. And may this stone be a marker for you that you remember this day, the day that you chose to serve the living God. We think about us today here in the church. We have a choice to make. We have a choice to make. As the Bible tells us, men are really without excuse. Even creation declares the handiwork of God. 
But we as Christians, we as believers, we who are in Christ, the Apostle Paul says that we bear in our body the marks of Jesus Christ. We don't have a stone altar, but we definitely have the imprint of the cross on our heart, don't we? Yes, we do. We have the imprint of the cross upon our heart. And we have to ask ourselves the same question today. I'll ask ourselves that question as individuals. Who are you as Mark, John, Luke? I don't know your names. I'm just going off the Gospels. But choose you this day whom you are going to serve. Address your name out individually. Whom are you going to serve? Don't dilly-daddle. Make the choice now. Because the Bible tells us that it's appointed once for a man to die and then the judgment. Folks, we are not guaranteed tomorrow. Today is the day of choosing. Make your choice today. Choose this day whom you will serve. And I pray that it's the living God. But not only that, what about our families? Fathers, mothers, grandparents, aunts, uncles. If you have children looking up to you, whether you're related by blood or not, they're looking at you for an example. Whom are you going to serve? Whom will you serve? Because the people who Joshua gathered up, they had looked to him. He was the one that God used to deliver the land that they inherited to them. They looked up to Joshua, not only as a military war victor, but as a leader, as a faithful leader. And make no mistake, Joshua's choice himself to serve the living God made an impact on those others who also made that choice. But when we make that choice, when we make that choices as fathers, as mothers, as grandparents, as whatever, that makes an impact on those around us. You know, a lot of times we'll talk to people and they say, well, my son or my grandson or my granddaughter or daughter, they left the faith, they left the church. Well, I have to remind you of the story about the prodigal son. You know, the story about the prodigal son, the prodigal son also left, did he not? But what we need to pay attention to is there is a point in there where the Bible explicitly says that he came to his senses. He came to his senses and realized that he needed to go back to the father. Now, if that father had not taught that son from a young age, would he have even known to come to his senses? He wouldn't know where his senses even needed to lead him. But raise up a child in the way they shall go, and when they are old, they will not depart from it. Even if they choose for a time to leave or to leave the church or to leave the faith, they will not depart from it because the teaching is still there. They still know the truth. But how sad would it be for any of us if somebody were gone and they didn't know the truth to begin with? Parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles, we have that choice. Choose this day whom you will serve. I believe that the church has a choice also. Choose this day whom you will serve. You know, you think about it and you go into different areas and you, you speak to different congregations of people, but everybody is part of the same kingdom of God, the same body of Christ. And we as a whole decide whom we're going to serve. You here at the Northside Christian Church, whom are you going to serve? Whom are you going to serve? You know, you've got a lot of different decisions to make this year. Decisions you make are going to go in a, could take the church in a lot of different directions. But I guarantee it. 
if you resolve here and now to continue serving the only living God, and you do as Joshua did and set the stone marker in place so that it is there. You know, the Apostle Paul planted, Apollos watered, but it was God who gave the increase. And I am convinced beyond a shadow of a doubt, if you serve the living God and make that choice today, that we as a congregation are going to continue doing that, and we're going to set this marker here so that we know from our leadership on down that we are going to continue to, above all, serve the living God and follow the word of God to its truth and infallibility. God will bless that. God will give the increase because it is his church and Christ is the only one who can build it. And he built the type of church that even the gates of hell itself could not overcome. Choose this day whom you're going to serve. Choose this day whom you are going to serve. You know, it's interesting you think about choices a couple, well, it wasn't a couple weeks ago. It was actually last weekend. I had a choice to make on Saturday. I decided, am I going to be the only person in the state of Indiana to go out and buy ice cream tonight? I go to the Kroger, I go to the Kroger in Martinsville, and I buy a, a carton of Edie's uh, cookie dough ice cream. And I go up through the checkout line, and I must have been the only person buying it because the register lady looked at me. And she said, your wife's pregnant, isn't she? I said, no, I certainly hope not, but I'll find out soon enough. <laughs> I said, we're just a little bit strange. We like to eat ice cream when it's negative 25 outside. You have a choice to make. But there's only one choice that has eternal consequences. There's only one choice that has eternal consequences. You either have the Son and you have life, or you don't have the Son and you don't have life. And folks, the only reason we're able to make a choice to begin with is because Christ made his choice. Christ chose to go to the cross. Christ chose to be obedient to the Father, even unto death. Christ chose that so that you could choose him. That is something we should be thankful for as many times over as we possibly can. He made that choice. And here in a little bit, we're going to sing the song of invitation. And there's an old song in the hymn book that is, goes something like this. What will you do with Jesus, O friend? Someday you'll be asking, what will he do? with me what will your heart do with jesus someday my friend you'll be asking what will he do with me i want to encourage you as a congregation not to extort and steal money but i want to encourage you as a congregation always always hold this as your base always hold this as your base the world is hungry for this. The world is looking. The world is lost. They're hungry for true life. Hold on to this and choose this day to serve the living God. If there's anyone here this morning who has 
not answered the call of the gospel, not been baptized into Christ. The invitation is for you. Should you have any other prayer concerns or things that we as a church family can pray with you, the invitation is open for you. May I say, there's no better time than the present. There's no better time than the present. And the reason that there's no better time than the present is because really and truly, the present is all we're guaranteed of. The present is all we're guaranteed of. Let's stand and sing.
May the Lord bless you and keep you. And don't grow weary in doing good. In due season, we reap a sure reward. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for our time here this morning. And I ask you be with this congregation. I ask you be with the hearts of these people and that you guide them, direct them, give them peace and, and fill them with joy as we all work together to serve your kingdom. We ask this in Christ's name. Amen.